Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! To the win! Welcome back, Dunks and Discourse, episode 12. We are on our fourth of the Mount Rushmore series. We are going to talk about the shows that we're currently binging, the new movies, tease our movie list, which we will make available soon. Um, and we've got a bunch of what I want to call almost NBA news. But first, Jabari, how you doing, man? Not bad, not bad. Happy to be back with you. How's it? Yeah. Um, what about on your end? Yeah, man, I mean, the, the sun is out and shining, and then if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that's a plus. Anytime mm-hmm. you're up in Calgary and you're getting that warm weather, I'm Jeez. ready to rock. So it's starting to feel like summer. We're getting that almost news that I talked about. So, um, breaking, just as the show went live here, Mark Stein reports that the league will officially change the ball from Spalding back to Wilson starting the 21-22 season. Was that the news? That you were hoping for. That was not the news. In fact, when you said that, I was like, wait, that's not it. <laughs> that's not the one. As long as they don't go with that silly, whatever that was, synthetic ball that they tried, what was it, about 15, 20 years ago now? I'm uh, good. Probably, yeah, probably a little less than that even because I remember. I oh, okay. Around. 20 years ago, I would have been, uh, I wouldn't have been remembering details quite that fine. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Woj reporting also not too long ago, that 20, the league is hopeful 22 of 30 teams will have practice facilities open by Monday. So things are moving. Um, uh, from what I saw, Adam Silver's extended the window to make a decision another four weeks. Um, there was a bit of a kerfuffle yesterday when Woj tweeted that the players' union had informally uh, sent out a survey to the players with a yes-no response, do you want us to try and salvage the season? Um, then Sean Sharania refuted that report, claiming no formal survey had been sent out. Um, has Shams become the number one water carrier in the NBA? I think he might have. And, and you know, we all saw this coming, you know, when, when he was essentially working as Woj's, not assistant, but, you know, uh, coming up underneath him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, he showed that he had, you know, he had some game and he had some serious connections at that point. Uh, whether he, you know, whether it came as a result of, you know, working with Woj or not, he hit the ground running. And, you know, I'll put it like this. I look at his timeline more than I look at Woj's now. And that, so it's not to say that, you know, Woj is, you know, unreliable. But, you know, I, I, I've already started leaning towards Shams. You know what? The funny thing is, it's a business where I don't know that there's room, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Chris, Chris Haynes is in there, too, and Mark Stein and. Yeah. Sam Amick and a few of those guys break some news, Ramona Shelburne. But um, there seems to be a slant on most of those guys that you feel. And, and Shams, I feel, in the last year to try and keep pace, you know, to keep growing the way he was growing. He's had to tweet some stuff that has made me just cringe. With like, you're, you're, you're just copying and pasting from the phone friend, aren't you? Um, and, and, you know, like, you know, let's be real. That does happen. You know, oh, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe not necessarily copying and pasting, but there's, you know, 
there are certain folks that, you know, we all know, you know, they carry a bit of water for a certain organization or even players at times. Uh, so, you know, it, it, uh, you do with the information, you know, as you see fit. Um, overwhelming majority of the time, the you know the big you know the, you know, the big names you know, that you just mentioned, and you know, maybe a couple others, they're going to get it right. But sometimes, like as you as you stated, it's going to be a little bit cringeworthy. Yeah, um, yeah. There's 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 no arguing, it, and it's part of the business. But at the same time, you know you got to learn how to to read the tea leaves per se. Um, yeah. By the way, that was 06 the you know, that the, with the ball. So it's it's even long, you know. It's pretty close. Getting, getting up there close to, you know. 14 years, yeah. 14 that's, that's, years. It's been a minute. I do remember it, too. And I remember mm-hmm. one of the guys on my team, he brought it to uh, where, we, where we played Rec. And mm-hmm. immediately all the old heads were like, what the, what the hell is this? Um, it just wasn't good. It was slippery. Yeah. And then once it got wet, any perspiration whatsoever. I had one, okay? I'm going to admit this. <laughs> I had one and it was terrible. There was no give on it either. I remember, like, a lot of jam fingers. Like, mm-hmm. there, there was no give when it was coming at you. Um, yeah. Anyways, moving on yeah. from the that riveting conversation, yeah, uh, we counts. do have the Pacific Mount Rushmore today. Before we do that, let's do a couple um, movie topics. You know, we, we we've mentioned on the pod that we've been working on this list, and this this thing is getting hefty. Jabari and I have been putting movies together for I don't know three four weeks now. So anything we've watched, we were reviewing, but simultaneously we were going through the IMDb dates of anything we've seen in the last ten years. So when we finish this we're gonna post it and we'll talk about our top 10 each of our top 10 from the last 10 years and we'll talk about you know some of the ones we disagree on the most um we did the caveat is if you don't remember the movie even if you've seen it uh don't don't rank it because it's not it's not fair obviously and then if you watch a movie that's say 30 years old but you watched it recently go ahead and add it to the list so it's a pretty comprehensive list i think we're over 400 films on there right now between us um we both haven't seen all of them but yeah it's it's going to be a big big list and i think those are gonna be some fun episodes coming up yeah i'm looking forward to it obviously you know the majority of the time when we've had these discussions we've been talking about tv shows uh, but you know, it, it'll be nice to mix in some, mix, you know, mix in some additional movies because I've already looked at, at, uh, the movies that you added to it and there's a lot of them I haven't, I haven't even seen, but then again, I haven't seen a lot of the movies over the last couple of years. That's the funny thing about it too, is I'm looking at this as I started, you know, filling these in and mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I watched a lot of terrible movies. <laughs> you did. I, I, especially I'm looking at your rankings and, you know, of course we're not going to spill the beans on that, but you are a tough critic when it comes to, you know, whether it's movies or TV shows. I, I can respect it. I am. And it's kind of a badge of honor now. My friends have always joked that I'm the toughest. Like, don't mm-hmm. ask Josh about a movie. He for sure didn't like it as much. <laughs> but like, I think that's because I love movies and I see so many movies. I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty hard to, to impress, I guess. But um, yeah. it, in my mind to a 50, anything less than a 50 is like, you really don't need to see this. Yeah. Like and, unless you're like in love with the actor to such an or director or story to such an extent that you you know you, you, no matter what you're watching it doesn't matter how it's being reviewed anything less than a fifty in my mind is like you can do better things with your time friend that's kind of where I'm at. And for um, me, it's just about you know between fifty and sixty is like yeah don't waste your time. Between fifty and sixty is like hey man you're in a pandemic you've watched <laughs> everything else that that's on um, for whatever the reason this might not be the worst two hours you spent this week that's kind of the 50 to 60 and Um, and don't get me wrong i I watch crappy movies all the time so yeah for sure and and sometimes crappy can be good and the only thing about the one to 100 scale 
is you mm-hmm. get to like some of the dramas that are like Oscar contenders but just didn't hit for you. Yeah. And I feel bad because I gave it like a 63 or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I get it was artsy. I get some people liked it, but the movie, you know, didn't move me in any way and I never watched it again. So it's a 60. But then, you know, you, you kind of got to uh, rank movies as they are, right? Like an awesome mm-hmm. comedy obviously isn't as beautifully shot or as well written or all, all these things that you could say about a, a, a better quality movie. But if you're going to watch that comedy 10 times in your life and laugh every time, then that's got to be a high-ranked movie. So you, you kind of got to rank via the genre, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually interested in seeing your taste when it comes to comedies because we haven't really discussed those you know, very often. Yeah, I, I feel like it's been, been a while since. I'm trying to think, what was the, what was the last comedy you saw? that you oh, can man. think of that just blew the doors off of you. Like, it was totally hysterical. Not a few moments that were really funny, like, absolutely hysterical movie. Man, I'm, I mean, for me, I mean, you know I always circle back and watch stuff over again, so, I mean, technically the last one I watched was Harlem Nights because I watched that two weeks ago. Uh, but the last new comedy, man, I don't. I honestly can't really think of one. It's, uh, well, okay, I actually know. Um, th- what is it? This is the end, or whatever it was. That uh, you know, Seth Rogen movie from about five years ago, where it kind of had it was an ensemble cast. I laughed. Yeah, yeah. I cra- I cracked up about you know at that one. That was twenty thirteen. So that's already Jeez. seven years ago. Because <laughs> I was thinking about this as I was going through the list, right? Like I was going through every year, mm-hmm. and um, you know, like there's been quite a few that had some funny moments that I put in like that, like mid sixty, low seventy range. Long mm-hmm. shot last year with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron was surprising. Like it caught me off guard. It was it was quite hilarious. It was actually good. Okay. Yeah, it was actually good. But I, I have to go back a while before that. Before there was a movie that I, a comedy I think I had over seventy. And yeah, like for instance, the the what, what was the one uh, with LeBron in it? It was LeBron and uh, oh, you know, did it have Bill Hader in it? I I should know this because true true story. Mm-hmm. First date with my girlfriend who I've now been with. Almost five years was seeing mm-hmm. this movie. Oh, um, what, was it Trainwreck? Trainwreck, yeah, that's yeah. What it was. So, like a movie like that, oftentimes you know that that's kind of what I you know what, what we tend to see these days. I would say, okay, yeah, it, it was pretty good, but it's certainly not something that's going to make me laugh out loud, you know, repeatedly. Yeah, and the the thing with it is, it was it was funny, and I saw it for LeBron, and I'll, you mm-hmm. know, spoiler, I gave it a fifty eight. Yeah, there you go. Like, it had some laughs. It's not the worst time you ever spend in a movie, no doubt. But it, mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't make you fall to your, your pants laughing. And yeah. I, I got to say, like, the bar forever, I don't know, just a little bit of view into my second. The bar for me will forever be Step Brothers. Oh, man, look, hey, <laughs> did we just become best friends? Yeah. I could watch that movie over and like, honestly, the same way that I used to do with Wedding Crashers, the same way I used to do with, you know, Knocked Up and a couple others. I could watch Step Brothers at any time, whether yeah, it's in see, the middle of it or the beginning. We're on the we're on the same wavelength because I love both of those movies too. Knocked oh, yeah. Up was in 07. Jesus, thirteen. I, I years think ago. Wedding Crashers is even older. I think Wedding Crashers is going to be like. It might be like 05. Wedding Crashers 05. Yep. Wait, Wedding Crashers two? Did I just see that? What? They're making it. Wedding Crashers two, plot undisclosed, a follow-up film to 2005 comedy, Wedding Crashers. It's on IMDb. I'm Jeez. seeing. Did we just fluke into this? We, oh, we yeah. had to. We totally oh, did. Because I. It says Wedding Crashers two movie in the works, but that was twenty sixteen. Uh, you know what happened? They saw Vince Vaughn's terrible, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible job he did on a True Detective, and they're like, you know what? Just never mind. Oh just... man, his character on True Detective is good. <laughs> we, no one could we've save had this that talk, show, man. 
If Colin no, Farrell and Vince Vaughn couldn't save that show, there's just no, there was no saving it, man. It just uh, wasn't, yeah. It, uh, <clears throat> you know what? He's done. He's done some. Have you seen any of the violent ones that he's done of late? Vince Vaughn. I yeah. feel like I saw one recently, but I, yeah, I can't. I can't remember what it was. So, have you seen Dragged Across Concrete, or have you heard of the concept of this movie? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, this this trended on Twitter because of the concept. It's Mel Gibson. It's oh directed by Craig Zoller, Zayler. and he did a, he did another one, uh, Brawl in Cell Block '99 or something like that with Vince Vaughn, and it's like mm-hmm. disgustingly gory and violent, and not not a great movie. But he's been doing some interesting stuff. But anyway, Vince Vaughn um, and Mel Gibson are are kind of like dirty cops, and Mel hmm. Gibson. Uh, I could believe put, that. Puts his boots to the face of a minority, um, and someone videotapes him like you know, stomping his face through the concrete a little bit. And so he gets put on leave, and then they have this bright idea to, like, um, I don't know, jump in on a heist that they know is going to happen. And it's actually, like, it's an it's an okay action movie, but, like, you can tell when the concept got thrown out there, and it was, like, it was Mel Gibson. There was just the reception mm-hmm. across NBA Twitter was not very enthusiastic. I don't remember that one, but now I'm actually intrigued. Just because I'm curious, is it Mel Gibson the one that's putting his foot, you know, putting his foot yeah. on the minority? Yeah. Hey, right on the nose. Okay. And it's actually it, it it's uh, <laughs> it tells itself. In, it's not a glory, you know. A lot of the like rogue cop, mm-hmm. sick of the system, anti-hero. Yeah. No, it, it ends badly for everyone. Okay. Uh, Tori Kittles is also gives a pretty good performance in it. He's one of the guys involved in the heist. And, there, and there's some, it's, it's not a terrible movie. It's much better than the Brawl and Cell Block, but yeah. All right, uh, Vince Vaughn's been doing some, some weird stuff lately. Like, really off his regular beat. Um, but let's, let's move on. We'll come back to the movies list All either right. next week or the week after when it's complete. Uh, what are you binging? Uh, you, okay, so I know obviously we talked about watching movies. The one movie that I watched uh, over the last couple of days was Randomly Devil's Advocate. Um, I don't know if you've seen. I don't know if you've seen that one. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while, but I, I'm still very much entertained by it. Of course, when it comes to TV shows, you know, I'm, st- I'm st- staying up to date with Insecure. I love that Billions is back. I don't know if you've gotten into that one, um, but I also enjoy uh, Killing Eve. I'm finally caught up on that. Uh, you know, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Did you get into Fleabag? No, I haven't. Uh, okay, well, uh, she's incredibly talented. I, I strongly recommend any product that she puts out. Um, Devil's Advocate, man. It's been a long time since I saw I remember that movie scared me as a kid. <laughs> well, yeah, the demon faces and all the, you yeah. know, the, they, 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 it, it's perfect for that. But it, again, it's not a great movie, but it, you know how you can have movies where you recognize they're not great, but you love them? It's one of those. Uh, what, what did I watch this week? I'm, I'm still, I'm almost done Office. I almost made it, made it my, through my, uh, tour back through the office we're like halfway through season seven hmm. of nine so we're, we made some progress on the oh, office yeah. over the last three weeks um i did watch motherless brooklyn on mother's hmm. day with my mom because that was what she chose to watch which was interesting have okay. you seen this one i have not now now you got me you're like okay you so this was time. one you know you know you see a movie and you see the trailer and mm-hmm. the trailer looks pretty good and you got a cast you're like oh man bruce willis is in this oh man michael k williams is in this Oh. Alan Baldwin's in this. Willem Dafoe's in this. Bonnie hmm. Bobby Cannavale. Edward Norton's the lead. This movie's gonna rock. Wait, wait a second. That's a lot. That's a lot of firepower. Oh yeah, man. Is, is it? And I remember seeing the trailer. And I was like, oh, this looks pretty hype. And I, I think when I was writing a blog um, about the ten movies I wanted to see in 2019, back in 2018, I had this guy on there. 
But then I never heard anything, man. I don't even remember this coming out, which, you know, I'm not, I wasn't, you know, relentlessly covering the industry. So it, it, it's not, you know, totally impossible, but it, it's improbable when a movie that I was interested in, I heard nothing about. Yeah, it's got 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb almost gives it 7 out of 10, 6.8 out of 10, 60% on Metacritic. So, I mean, it, it, it's probably not a terrible movie, but you're right. I, I heard nothing about this movie. For the, for the cast, it should have been better. The concept was good. The performances were decent. The only thing is they give Edward Norton a, uh, I don't know, some combination of a brain tick, Tourette's slash autism. Oh, come on. And uh, <laughs> the, the whole concept is like his whole life he struggled with this impediment, but, but like many people who, um, who, have, who are on the spectrum, he, one of the benefits is he has like a crazy memory. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he ends up working for Bruce Willis, who's a private detective, um, and Bruce Willis seems sees some promise in him because of you know all the things that his mind can do that other minds can't do. Bruce Willis is knocked off very quickly in the movie, and then mm-hmm. Edward Norton's trying to figure out why. Now, okay. I don't know. I, I did some volunteer work in a Big Brother program when I was going through university, mm-hmm. uh, working with individuals on the spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, in in the fourteen to sixteen range, boys primarily. Got it. And uh, it just. You know how you were talking about when we watched Ozark? You know, if, if you've gone through an affliction, you see someone portray their affliction, you're perhaps, like, mm-hmm. a little more... T- like, Edward Norton was pretty inconsistent with it. Sometimes it. he just had a superhero memory and he seemed normal, and other times he could barely function, and it, it just seemed... Uh, it, it, it didn't match my experience with anyone in the same neighborhood. So that, that was hard for me to get over, but the movie on a whole was decent. I think it gave it, like, 63 all right, I'll I'll still eventually check it out, but you you know me well enough to know that 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 in particular will probably bug me. Oh, so yeah. we'll see. And and Michael K. Williams is underused, again. Michael K. Williams is underused by Hollywood in general. Like obviously he he's a working actor, he's always in stuff, but I feel like lead roles. I I feel like he's got the chops to you know handle a lot more lead roles. Yeah, he is, and and I think like I, I like him as a villain. Mm-hmm. I like him as a supporting character. But he, he, gets, he keeps getting stuck in these, like, bit roles where I see him and I'm excited to watch him in a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Arkansas I watched last week, also Vince Vaughn, by the way, mm. <laughs> um, and Michael K. Williams. But again, Michael K. Williams is, like, three scenes. I'm like, oh, I'm digging this character. And then they kill him. And you're like, ah, come on, man. Yeah, I mean. He can I, do he, more. He, he can I do feel more. like, I feel, it feels like he'll eventually, you know, break out, but... You know, maybe that'll be on a, a you know a show of his own or something of that nature. But we yeah. need to do that next, like maybe next week, mm-hmm. like the five five actors who need more minutes. Got it. I, I, I can rota- appreciate that. Like Michael K. Williams can give you more than fourteen minutes. He's more than an eighth man. Yeah, you know, exactly. Ma- Michael K. Williams is, is a starter on a championship level team. That's that's where we're at. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. <laughs> okay, let's do the Mount Rushmore. So last week we did the Southeast, or last week, sorry, Monday. We did the Southeast. So we did Miami, Orlando, Charlotte, Washington, Atlanta. Um, Be before we jump into these, should we uh, discuss some of our some of the folks that support us? Sure. Yeah. Let, 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 let's let's support some of those good folks, like the good folks at Bet Online. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they are bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Cup. 
all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Josh, have I got a product for you. Guys, looking to last longer and maybe go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work even faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time in the, in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. So here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Fair enough. Um, thanks for the, the assist there. Hey, I, no problem. I'm, I'm looking out for my people, man. I'm my, looking my, my out mind, for my My mind people. was on these Mount Rushmores, man. <laughs> so, uh, Pacific Division, four of six. We will do, uh, we'll do Southwest and, All right. uh, next week, or so on Monday. Um, Pacific. So let's start with the Phoenix Suns. Okay. What did you have? Man, this one was tough. I won't lie to you. And by tough, it was not difficult at all. I got Charles Barkley. I got Kevin Johnson, which I'm interested in seeing uh, how you picked that on that one. I got Steve Nash, of course, and I got Sean Marion. Uh, my uh, honorable mention, I wanted to show Amari some love, but he just wasn't, you know, he just wasn't over, you know, either of those guys. Uh, Walter Davis, you could have, you know, I, I wouldn't be mad if Alvin Adams, uh, you know, it, it is on some people's list. Uh, but yeah, those are the four that I, I truly believe. Interesting. Um, so the voters had Sean Marion losing by two votes. What? To be the honorable mention. Sean Marion was the honorable mention. Hmm. Uh, he lost by two votes to Kevin Johnson. Okay. And that was, that was the tough one for me. Mm-hmm. And I did, after caping for Sean Marion on the timeline the last two weeks, just going mm-hmm. all in for my guy, I did leave him off too. But, uh, it's, it's tough because I feel like Amare got a lot of the shine during their time together, but Marion might have been the more important player. He was. He, uh, he, he, defended, he defended two two through four, and he also, he also spread the core for him. Like, I'm, I, don't get me wrong. I, I love Amare, especially Phoenix, you know, Phoenix area Amare. Uh, he was extremely exciting, uh, but I genuinely believe that Sean Marion was a better player the entire time. But the other thing is just the durability. And I'm kind of talking myself into it now, but like mm-hmm. Amari was an all-star five times for Phoenix. Marion yeah. was one four times. So it, it's not like Amari was an eight-time all-star versus a two-time all-star. Mm-hmm. They weren't that far apart. But so I, this was tough because I felt like it was these five guys, all due respect to Walter Davis, Elvin Adams, Dan Marley, and everybody else, mm-hmm. Tom Chambers, whoever. Um, so Sean Marion was fifth. Kevin Johnson was fourth. Amari Stoudemire was third. Mm-hmm. Charles Barkley was second, and Steve Nash was first. That makes sense. Like honestly, I I'm not upset by people picking Amari. I get that, especially you know he he was the one on the highlight, you know, on the highlight reel really, the entire time catching lobs or you know catching it on the break. So I get that. Uh, you know something that I actually, as I was going through these numbers, 
Did you know that Kevin uh, Kevin Johnson? Okay, so look, when I say he's underrated, it's just because I I'm saying he doesn't get you know he doesn't get a lot of recognition these days, right? But Kevin Johnson had four seasons of ten or more assists to go along with 20, 20 plus points, and then he had another three seasons of nine point three, nine point two, and nine point five assists. I did not re- like I I knew that I liked Kevin Johnson, but you know five time All NBA, three time All Star. I didn't know that he had quite done all of that. Yeah, he he actually is one of those guys you could legitimately make that case for where people were like, oh, X is the most underrated guy of all time. X is the most underrated guy of all time. Mm-hmm. And it becomes kind of a, a calling card um, yeah. for guys that aren't underrated and everyone talks about it, so like, really they aren't. But he's in that conversation. <laughs> and I do remember when uh, Paul went to Houston, mm-hmm. I was like the last time that any two teammates averaged eight-plus assists together were Jason Kidd and Kevin Johnson. Oh, there you go. There you so, go. And now, prior, prior to Paul Harden-Westbrook combo. But, yeah, he, he, he was a very good player. Yeah. We talked about this a bit when we did Philly. Um, but Charles Barkley, I mean, he only did four seasons as a son. Mm-hmm. But he's a son to me. I, it, it, he won an when MVP. I think of Barkley, I think of a son. Yeah, because he won an MVP. You know, he went to the finals with him. Uh, I, get, I get that you know, he played less of his career there, but... It's it's tough for me to picture him as anything else. Now, now I do see him as a sixer because when I was a kid, that's what he was. But the you know the the best years that he's got, you know, were in a son's uniform. When when you think of Jason Kidd, ooh, which team do you think of first? As funny as it sounds, you know, it, it's kind of a tie because obviously he played a ton in New Jersey, but uh, I remember the first stint in Dallas combined with the second stint, so. I, look, like say for instance, he were to say, "I'm going to go into the Hall of Fame," you know, you know, wearing a, a a Nets hat or a Mavericks hat, they both would make sense to me, especially since the title came with the Mavs. Yeah, I, you know what? Like, I think I looked this up. He played eight less games with Dallas than he played with New Jersey. Yeah, it, it, it was very close. Um, but but it, it is interesting who you remember wearing. Like some of it's when you're watching the league, mm-hmm. but but Barkley winning that MVP. Uh, with the Suns, when it was probably not even one of his, like, maybe it was his best season. I don't know if it was. But, yeah, I don't know. The MVP in the finals run really stick out. What it was, and, and, and I see where, you know, where you were hesitant, it was the season where he put it all together. It may not have been his most productive season, but he put it all together. And, and, and it was almost like he finally figured out, okay... I don't, I don't necessarily want you guys to be, you know, like, look at me as a role model, but I am going to be your leader right now. I, I still think he has the best quote from Last Dance so far, too. Which one was it? The one about, um, you know, like the, the playoffs are a gunfight, and we lost to the best. We, we lost to the fastest gun. I mean, like that's, that, that's true. It is true. And I was like, damn, that's a really good quote. Like, Bar- like you know, Barkley's such a buffoon sometimes now, and such a joker on purpose that, like, I mm-hmm. forget that he has, like, you know, some, some pretty, like, you know, unique, genuine thoughts coming out of him. Absolutely. But then, you know, someone pointed out to me, they're like, why doesn't he keep that same energy when, when James Harden loses to, like, a 73-win Rockets or a Warriors team? And I was like, that is true. Like, it is really convenient when you lose in the finals to be like, ah, you know, Jordan was the best and we lost the fastest gun. But, like, when a team loses to LeBron or Curry or whoever, he has no problem just taking him to the way it, end, so. it, it, that is an ex- That's an interesting point and a good point. It could be that uh, it's more... You know, it generates more of a conversation because, of course, he's entertaining on that show. Like, I, I, I don't think anybody will. 
everybody should recognize that those, especially with him and Shaq, they're not giving honest analysis at times. Like, they're really not. Like, I can tell that they're playing the role, uh, specifically because of what you just said. Both of them are highly intelligent intelligent individuals. They both played basketball at a very high level. It would support sometimes when they you know with their takes. I would I I have to sit there and say like no, nah, it would it would shock me if you truly believe that. Yeah, and I, I mean, how how much do you think? How much do you play the bit on Twitter or on the pod or whatever? Like, how how much are you leaning into like whatever works? That's actually a great point because I do that. You know that I do that. I play, I play I play radio with you, you know, plenty of times and and on Twitter, like while yes I'm being, you know, genuine, you know, to to the you know, for the most part, there are certainly times where I'm trolling or you know trying to you know trying to just get a reaction or just trying to stir some stuff up. So that a perfect example. Yeah, and I was thinking about that too like when we were talking about HP last week. I was like I'd say about 60% of the timeline I'm being genuine just trying to start a discussion. Mm-hmm. 40% of the time I'm taking shots and like making jokes mm-hmm. and, and leaning into whatever I'm leaning into. And then on the pod, I'd say it's a lot less. I'd say yeah. it's 80-20. You know? Yeah. And, and, and it, I was taken back, you know, Varun was joking like they're going to have a war with Light Years. Like I was listening to Light Years this week and the episode they had with Ethan Strauss and, and Andy and Sam always strike me the most when I listen to their podcast. Like mm-hmm. when, with how hard they play, like, the Homer <laughs> Warriors bit on, on Twitter, but then when you listen to them on their pod, they're, like, so much more reasonable. And, uh, you know, like, they're coming at me for, you know, making LeBron points about Last Dance on social media, but then on their podcast they're joking about, you know, how, how it's a Jordan PR piece, too. And um, No, it, it, it is interesting. Like, there's a you have to market yourself in a way on social media just to, I don't know, keep people coming. Yeah, I, I agree. It's part, it's part of the game. It is. It's all it's all in the game. It's all yeah. in the game. Okay, Kings. Um, I Give, feel like people were really really torn on Kings and Clippers because of the franchises moving. Yeah. I can understand, but if a guy played for Cincy, and that Cincy doesn't exist anymore, it's the Kings. You can't you can't not have Oscar Robertson because he did. Yeah, you you have to have him in there. You, you like you know this isn't a, one of those Hall of Famers that's a Hall of Famer because he was on Bill Russell's team and carried you know shorts for him once in a while was you know this is one of like the 15 20 best players of all time you can't just omit him um, so uh, do you want to go first again uh, I was going to say do the fans first but I'll I'll go okay um, so I'm going to go I'm going to go the other way so most votes Chris Webber okay second most votes Oscar Robertson mm-hmm. third most votes. Pedro Stoyakovich, okay. 2011 champion, Scheller, infamous <laughs> no, Scheller of the Not with the Kings. Uh, no, not with the Kings. Not that that was his fault. Um, Come on. And <laughs> in the final spot, Nate Tiny Archibald, who I was happy to see get in there. That's leading interesting. The, leading the league in points and assists, regardless of how you feel about the talent, like it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't it, happen. That, that's a hell of an accolade. Uh, the honorable mention, I wanted you to guess. Who do you think it is? Hmm. Well, it should be Jack Twyman, but I'm guessing it was Mike Bibby. No, it was Jason Mitch Richmond. Oh, okay. Which I thought was interesting because I, I thought Boogie was going to get more votes than he did, just being current and like carrying the team when they sucked. But no, uh, so so it was Mitch Richmond, Mike Mike Bibby, then Demarcus Cousins, then okay. Jack Twyman. All right, that's fi- that's fair. For me, I had Tiny and Jack. In the uh, in the honorable mention situation, 
if like at that title obviously come with the franchise, I would have gone there. But you know, uh, just for the record, that you know the title came with Boston late in his career. Yeah. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer, you know. So this is not a slight, you know. I just like the other guys a little bit more. And what's interesting is uh, one of the guys I have in my top four didn't even, you know, didn't even place. So I've got Mitch Richmond, and you know, as as my fourth. I've got Reggie Theus. People need to go back and look at his career and look at you know, look at what he was able to do. He was actually nice. I know he comes across as like a pretty boy, you know, soft spoken these days. But Reggie Theus was nice. Well. Uh, I mean, Theus is a lot better than Udonis Haslam, so I don't really want to do him like that. But he only played like four or five seasons, was never an all-star. They didn't win. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's actually a good point. Yeah. Well, hold on. Don't bring up Udonis Haslam. Like, Reggie Theus was a, was a significantly be, better Diaz player. Reggie be the worst player to make one of these not named Udonis Haslam. It happens. Uh, obviously, I got Weber and I got Oscar Robinson as my number one guy. Robertson. Yeah. I'm glad the voters overruled you on this one. I wish you could have overruled... The voters, when they screwed up with Sarit, really badly. But I'm yeah. glad they overruled you on Reggie, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I've got some more surprises coming up, so don't... <laughs> we're not done here. Clippers, Nets, and Pacers remain some of the saddest for me. Yes. Um, what, what were you for? So, for, for, for Clippers? No, for the Kings. Oh, for the Kings, I had uh, Weber, Big O, Peja, and Tiny. So, I had the same as the... the That's all good. Yeah. I was yeah. really close on Richmond over Tiny. But mm-hmm. I was like, ah, scoring and assists is too cool. It is. To, to lead in both is too cool. Um, okay, Clippers. Uh, so they had DeAndre Jordan, an honorable mention. Bob McAdoo, fourth, who won an MVP when they were in San Diego or Buffalo. I can't remember. I think uh, so. And then Elton Brand. Shouts Elton Brand before he, when he was good at what he was doing. Uh, Blake Griffin and then Chris Paul. Interesting. Interesting. So I went back and forth on this one because I wanted to be a jerk and put Kawhi Leonard in there even after only half a season. <laughs> and I recognize, you know, you, you can't do that. But had they won that title, you know, had they finished or completed and they won a title, Kawhi Leonard would be one of your top four players. But in my honorable mention, I've got McAdoo. Uh, excuse me, I've got I've got Kawhi. I've got Danny Manning. And you know what? I'm going to show him some love. Corey McGetty. I love Corey McGetty. Um... In the uh, you know, McAdoo's my number four, uh, Elton Brand is my number three, Blake Griffin is my number two, and Chris Paul is my number one. But you're right, this was a very sad list to go through. Considering they've had fifty seasons of history, mm-hmm. and I really, I really had to throw like Corey McGetty in there and Danny Manning in there just to like round out the ballot. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, no, no, no shade there. No Gary Grant. Good careers, but uh, shout out uh, to Michael Cage. Yeah. Eric Piakowski. Yeah, Chris Kamen, who the Mavericks sold as a preeminent free agent when they struck out one year. Um, no, yes, I, I mean, Chris Paul, and I remember writing a piece for Hoop um, for their season preview one year. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is stifling. Like, as much as the Clippers didn't accomplish anything under Chris Paul, in the six years that he took them to the playoffs, uh, he almost doubled their playoff trips. Like, they made it seven times in the 43 years before he got there. And they, then they made it six straight times with him there. Let, let, they, they made the semis three times in the 44 seasons or 43 seasons without Paul. Mm-hmm. And then they made it three times with him. Like, it, it, he really was working against history with how terrible this franchise has been. The, the Clippers have been an absolute joke for the, for the duration of their franchise. And Chris Paul and that group legitimized them, even if we didn't want to acknowledge it. And now they are legit. So, like... Also, 
Yeah, I mean, screw screw ESPN for putting Chris Paul 40th on the uh, on the all time. That that entire list is garbage, and that you know is- what? I I apologize because that's that's kind of harsh to say, you know, about the work of you know like of uh, of journalists. Uh, you know, I, I I genuinely do apologize, but that list sucked. I'm not even. Yeah. I can't sugarcoat it. No, that list was that list was ass. Dave yeah. McMenamin, you you can you can get catch all this month. You can come on this <laughs> podcast if you want and tell me why it's not ass, but it's ass. Yeah, it's it, terrible. It, it, it was the worst attempt I have seen at a list like this. In a really long time, and, and I'm you know, like we're diverging. I wasn't even going to bring it up, but I was like, "What are you going for here?" Because like the whole greatness versus best versus most talented, you know, it needs to be clarified when you're doing something like this. And when I saw Chris Paul 40th, I was so mad, but then I saw Jason Kidd above him, and I was really <laughs> mad. And I was like, "Okay, it must be it must be about championships. It must be like they must be heavily leaning on accolades because that's the only way this is acceptable." And then I see, like, Allen Iverson is 29th ahead of, like, Isaiah Thomas. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I mean, putting, Isaiah like, Tom, putting Isaiah Thomas, like, look, I recognize he's a, you know, he's a fun punching bag. Yes, he's got plenty of stuff that, you know, diff, you know, multiple people can be upset with him and think he's the biggest jerk ever. But you can't deny that guy. The guy was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Just choose, man. Like, just choose. Like, are you going for greatest ever? And then I can accept, like, you have to have a ring to get so high, or I can at least reason with you. Or you're going for, like, most talented or highest peak. It was just, like, a hodgepodge mess where people voted all over the place. And I know because I do this shit all the time, and I live it. And I was this is the worst attempt at a list <laughs> I've seen in a long time, man. I was, I was really triggered by it. Tell us how you really feel. Wrong. I started my day wrong yesterday. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it's understandable. Oh, uh, man. You know, <laughs> You, look, this this list is why when we first met or, you know, started interacting, why I'd say I hate lists because I've seen too many like that. Well, I, I mean, OK, so, you know, the, the part before that they released the, the day before, uh, they had Tony Parker at number 70, which doesn't feel like outrageous. So you're like, oh, Tony Parker's top 75 player of the time. That's OK. Then they have Russell Westbrook at number 42. And I was still like. That's pretty steep between those two, and I was thinking about it, and you know, like I threw out a poll that you know garnered some response. But then I saw Bob Cousy at forty-one, and I was like, "I, I think you know how I feel about that." <laughs> like what? Listen, I'm gonna say it. <sighs> but that that was For- that's the argument. Like, and, and yeah. I'll let you say it in a sec. But I'm just like, if Bob Cousy's gonna be forty-one, your list needs to be solely about what they accomplished in the league, because that's the only way to justify him that high over guys that would you know wipe the floor with him. But then you have Allen Iverson at 29 who didn't do anything. You yeah, know I, you, you, you know what? I'm going to spare. I'm going to spare Boston fans and just say Bob Cousy at 40 is a joke. We'll just keep it going. <laughs> it's just dumb, man. It, it's it, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just like aging out of the like throwing mm-hmm. darts at the wall, and I feel like I'm I've got like an ego now, and I think I can do this better than people, and I'm just too high on myself, and it's probably before the fall. But you know, you, you're I, coming I over that, to the dark side, and I yeah. like it. That list was awful. Uh, what did you think of the Westbrook Parker? Um, which career would you rather have? It's tough for me to to put Westbrook thirty spots ahead of a guy that has three t- you know three titles and a Finals MVP. Four titles. Four titles and a Finals MVP. Like yeah. And and and, and it isn't like he was just like a, you know a guy standing on the side and you know helped out every so often contributed here and there. He was a major player. <laughs> like you know so yeah. Um, I I think. For me personally, I, I I could not I could not possibly have 
Westbrook 30 spots ahead of him. Yeah, this isn't the like the Robert Horry question that gets thrown out. You're not like a role player who hit a couple of shots. This is like you were a finals MVP. You were a six-time All-Star. You also made a lot of money. And, uh, yeah, you get to win four titles versus none. But that got pretty heated. That was an inter- that, I didn't think it would get that contentious. But it got pretty heated. Um, maybe they're maybe they're penalizing him for you know the extracurricular activities, but you know we don't need to yeah, go there. Maybe, maybe. Uh, okay, we got Warriors and Lakers left. Let's do Warriors. So the Warriors um, in first place, Steph Curry. In second place, Wilt Chamberlain. For one season. Yeah. Well, is it is it just one? I thought it was just one. I'm pretty sure. Well, because like the San Francisco Warriors, Philly, Philly went to San Fran and then came back to Philly. So I'm not even sure how that. Or did no? Did Philly Philly went to San Fran and then Philly bought a new team? Is that how it worked? And maybe, Warriors kept the. Yeah, maybe. Well, I, look, my my ranking is based on thinking that he had only played there one season. He, he, he played two and a half seasons in San Francisco. They okay. Played six for the Warriors, and then four for what we know as the Sixers. But he played the first three for the Warriors in Philly. Got it. I, I, honestly, I can't remember right now if it's Philly lost the team and then bought a new team, or if they just moved back to Philly after three years. I I can't remember either. We 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 can uh, we can. I'm gonna look clarify in the next one. Yeah, no, that no, they must have got a new team because they kept all of the Philadelphia Warriors history on Basketball Reference. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, they had they had Curry, they had Wilt Chamberlain, they had Clay Thompson, and they had Rick Barry. In the honorable mention, who do you think they had? Either Draymond or, I mean, if they're my age, Chris Mullen or Tim Hardaway. Mully. I'm not mad at that. Who, and I I mean, I did uh, a a pod, a fun pod with uh, Brian Fonseca and I think Dexter Williams was his co-host name. And and we played a game where you just gave stats and tried to guess who players were, who was better without knowing who they were. Okay. And Mullen was one of the guys I used. Like, Mullen... Five years, 26 and a half, 25, 26, 25.6, 25.9. Like, dang, man, that's a pretty insane yeah, no, no. run. He was nice. Yeah, he was nice. Chris, I mean, he made it to all the fan for a reason. The only thing is, I, I felt like Kate, like I didn't think about it when I made it, but then as I was doing it, and in, on my four, I had Curry, Wilt, Barry, and KD. Okay. I'm not mad at that. Like, he, I know so, that they might have won another one without him. They might not have. They might have won two. We don't know. But he came in there and he won two finals MVPs and he was one of the five best players in the league, you know, yeah. for the three years he was there. I don't, no. I don't, it's tough, man. No, we're in agreement. So I'm fly, I'm switching it, obviously, with uh, with the new information on Wilt that I absolutely should have looked up. It's the middle of the week. Um, so I got KD, I got Steph, I got Rick Barry, and I got Wilt. Uh, my honorable mention now is Clay. Uh, and then obviously after that, you know, you got Chris Mullen, you got Draymond, you got a lot of folks. And what's interesting about me saying Draymond is, you know, because people don't like him, people, you know, like scoff at the notion, Draymond Green is going to be a Hall of Famer. No question about it. Well, yeah, probably. Probably. I mean. He will be. The fact that Bosch and Marion aren't in yet and, you know, they kind of split the distance on some of his career accolades. I don't know. He should be. The thing Three. is, you, you could argue Dre over Clay too. I mean, Clay you could bigger playoff moments, but but Dre was probably more important to them on a excuse me night in night out basis over their dynasty. You know, like 
Yeah, sec- secondary playmaker. You know, you know the, when he was, you know, when he was locked in and in shape, and then obviously a few years ago, incredible defender gave them all types of versatility. You know, like, like I said, Draymond's gonna get in. Draymond uh, from 2015 to 2019, 11 points a game, eight rebounds, six and a half assists, one and a half steals, uh, one and a half blocks. If he's if he just shot the three ball a little bit better, he would have given you absolutely everything. Yeah, everything you could have asked for in this in this uh, era. Um, okay, so your Lakers are last, man. <sighs> uh, this th- this was tough too, and I watched Jerry West and Shaquille O'Neal go back and forth for that fourth spot the entire time we had the poll open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they ended up siding with Shaq, which I like. I I again when I made him like Shaq's got to be in there. But then you're like, well, Magic and Kobe are must because, you know, they're the, the franchise's two most popular players and they mm-hmm. both won five there. And then you're like, oh, well, you, you got to have Kareem because yep. he was there longer. <laughs> he won five five with them. Mm-hmm. And so then you're like, oh, man, do I take Shaq? Because he was probably the best player, you know, in the world during the three-peat and... You know, but he he left sooner than like a guy like West, who was part of their first Los Angeles title, and you know he's the logo. I, it was a pretty good debate. I, I did side with Shaq, but man, leaving off Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Pau Gasol, um, Will Chamberlain was the uh, stuff, man. Lucky you're a lucky guy. I'm yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. Th- this exercise reminded me of how spoiled I've been. You know, as a 40, going on 41-year-old man that grew up in Los Angeles, you know, like, come on, man. <laughs> like, you, you could make a second team that's as good, at, or if not better, than some of, you know, other franchises' first team. Oh, for sure. For so, sure. no, go ahead. Le- LeBron felt like heinous to put in there, mm-hmm. but it felt like heinous not to put him in there. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean, you're like, how can LeBron James not be an option on the poll? But you're like, yeah, there's no way. He did end up getting, like, 15 votes. I could see that. Like, you like know. a few young guns, I'm guessing. But, like, there's no real argument for him on there at this point. But it, it, with Kawhi, you know, he, all these bad franchises always sell the line of, like, well, you know, he chose to be there. No one else wanted to be there. So what a hero that person is. I'm like, you know what? If you put Kawhi in over, like, Elton Brand, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have winced. I could have got it. Yeah. But the yeah. Lakers just have it, a different level of history. Had Kawhi played two seasons, you know, you know, a season and a half, I probably would have, I probably would have slid him in there. And I, and that sounds crazy, but I mean, the guy's that great, man. The guy's that great. Look, it's Magic, Kareem, Kobe, and Shaq. I, I felt like the biggest yeah. POS for leaving Jerry out, especially when you consider we didn't really stipulate. We, you know, Jerry's, Jerry's got the, you know, the, 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 the play, you know, Jerry the player as well as Jerry the GM. Yeah. So technically, Jerry should be Jerry should probably be number one. Of, you know, like uh, out of everybody, it's a reason why he's a logo. But Shaq, man, I, I can't. You know, I personally just can't leave Shaq off the list. No, it, ju- I can't. it just meant to, his career just meant too much. You know, for and like I, also I said, feel like peak Shaq is better than anybody else. That's one of the Lakers jerseys. Peak Shaq, man, you can't mess with it. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like two thousand, two thousand one, Shaquille O'Neal. I'm taking over eighty seven Magic. I'm taking over, you know, oh nine Kobe. I'm taking over anybody else. Like he, he was that good. So it, it would have felt weird to leave him off. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We, that's gonna we, do it. So we, we'll, oh, go ahead. As I was say, we'll do Southwest on Monday. I'll put that out uh, t- tomorrow or Friday, and we'll we'll uh, we'll see. We'll talk that one on Monday. 
sounds good. So we've got we've got two left. We, we'll, we've got Southwest, and then we which was the other one we had left? Oh, we have uh, Northwest. Northwest. Yeah. So we have Southwest and Northwest. We are going to finish those two, and then as a kind of a weekly segment, as we wait for one movies to come back to theaters, assuming theaters come back. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock um, on wood. And the NBA season to come back. We are going to do a similar process. Um, we're going to put out a poll before every podcast, but we are going to do uh, director's work. So the first one we're going to do is Wes Anderson. So uh, not the next episode, because that would be Southwest, not the one after that. That will be Northwest. But three episodes from now, we're going to do Wes Anderson's filmography. So we'll have you rank Moonrise Kingdom, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Isle of Dogs, Grand Buda, Best Hotel, etc., etc. Um and then we'll, we'll, we'll give our own list and we'll walk through, you know, how you rank it, the filmography of each director. So we'll do that kind of as a, as a bit for at least, you know, five, six weeks. We'll see how we go. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And you know, always, of course, you know, Josh puts these lists out on Twitter. He's Josh Eberly. I'm Jabari Davis MBA. And we definitely appreciate all of your feedback and your participation in the show so far. Yeah. And if you've enjoyed the show, please like, rate, subscribe. Check out the other podcasts on Blue Wire Network, and we'll catch you on Monday.